Recently, we hit a big milestone here at the Ultimate Blog Podcast, and we are celebrating over 100,000 downloads. We wanted to celebrate with you in a super fun way by answering your questions. So we will be answering your questions in a special podcast episode coming out in May. And in order to submit your question, all you need to do is find the link in our show notes, and you're actually going to leave us a voicemail. Ask us your blogging question or anything that you can think of in regards to your blogging business, or maybe you haven't even started your blog yet and you have questions that you want to ask about that too. You can literally ask us anything and we cannot wait to connect with you in this way. Once again, you're just going to find the link in our show notes and ask any of your blogging questions that you have. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the Ultimate Blog Podcast. We love sharing episodes with you each and every Tuesday and helping you learn more about blogging and how to grow a successful blog each and every week. Welcome to the Ultimate Blog Podcast with Amy Reinecke and Jennifer Draper. We are on a mission to empower women who want to start or grow their own blog. This podcast is for women who want to learn blogging basics and who crave inspiration and encouragement. Whether you're just getting started or have been a blogger for years, we're excited to welcome you into this space where we are passionate about creating community over competition. We are bloggers who want to encourage you to believe in your potential, step outside the norm, and step into a life where you create your own schedule, your own success, and your own story. Join us for weekly episodes as we navigate blogging and work from home life, all while raising a family and having some serious fun along the way. Welcome back to the Ultimate Blog Podcast. And we are really excited today because we get to bring one of our old boot camp students here to the podcast today to share where she is now. And these are some of our very favorite podcast episodes to share because one, we love to connect with our students after the fact that they've been in and hear where they're at. And so Cynthia Christensen is going to do that today. She has worked as a professional cook and baker and now works as a freelance recipe developer and food photographer, as well as writing for her own blog, which is But First We Brunch. Cynthia was in our boot camp. It's been a little while. It's been over a year now. And it's been almost two years. Has it been almost two years? Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's been almost two years. And we actually connected with her at Tastemaker in Chicago just a couple months ago. And we're like, Cynthia, we need to bring you on the podcast so we can share where you are. It, it was really, really exciting to us at Tastemaker to walk in and see her there, to be honest. Like <laughs> knowing that two years ago we were having these these Zoom calls and talks, and then now now she here she is. So Cynthia, welcome to the Ultimate Blog Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes. This is gonna be a great conversation. And we have always enjoyed connecting with you. We loved when you were on the calls and <laughs> Let's start with what got you started with blogging. Like, when did that kind of all come to fruition for you? You know, I've had my daughters like to joke, I've had five lives. I've done so (laughs) minimum, minimum five lives. If I were to tell you all the different careers and jobs I've had throughout my life, you would never believe me, first of all, but I have receipts. (laughs) But I was. At this time, I was the manager of a large bookstore chain. Prior to that, I owned my own bookstore. Prior to that, I was a registered nurse. That's only a few things. Anyway, 
So I worked for this large chain and I always loved cooking, but baking scared me. I was always afraid to bake. The only thing I'd ever tried was my grandmother's biscuits, which we'll get into, but afraid to bake. And then one day, this large chain, which we won't name, but you all know, I got called into the office by the district manager and said, my manager was on sick leave and said, the company is going to be firing all full-time people below the level of merchandise manager, and you need to tell them. And I just sat there dumbfounded. And I said, what do you mean? You're just going to, how much notice? They are not allowed to work that day. You have to tell them and they have to take their things and they have to be escorted from the building. And I just sat there and he said, oh, there'll be some kind of severance if they agree to certain conditions. And anyway, I just looked at him. I said, oh my God. And he said, what? I said, oh, I quit. He said, what? (laughs) I said, quit. I said, I'm going to do it because I'm not going to let you do it. But then, yeah, I quit. So yeah, let's do it. So I did it. And then I gave them two weeks notice because I'm not a monster. And I interviewed, I applied for an interviewed at five different bakeries, just like, hey, I'm going to fake it till I make it. Mm-hmm. One of them actually made me do a cooking test. She made me make a pastry cream and I'd only seen it made on Food Network. <laughs> So I'm like, absolutely, I can make a pastry cream. And I made a pastry cream. I had (laughs) no clue what I'm doing, but I'm like, this is what I saw. And oh, where's the strainer? And you know, and I made a pastry cream. Like she just looked at me and said, hmm, I ended up working for her. It was this old Russian pastry chef. So that's how I got into cooking. And I left her because she was the monster. And I went to work at a James Beard nominated bakery on the Jersey Shore. And Worked there for a couple of years, had a hip replacement, whatever, came back to work in three weeks, no biggie. And I decided I really wanted to learn savory. I wanted to become, I wanted to become a chef, which is like ridiculous. At the time I was what, 55 and I'm restarting my life. So I am manager of Heirloom Kitchen here in New Jersey, which is run by a top chef contestant, Chef Daviana. And I said, I'd love to stage, which is restaurant speak for intern. And she said, sure, come on in and meet the chef and see what he says. And he took me on very suspiciously, like maybe I was a fangirl. And I got offered a job within a week. And I worked with them, worked with them, learned so much from both the savory chef and the pastry chef, just did all their prep work, did sometimes I got to expedite, sometimes I got to plate, I got to do a little of everything. Through them, I met a lot of very famous chefs because of his connections. I worked at the New York City Wine and Food Festival, a couple of chefs, started doing food photography for some, for Pat LaFrida, which is a nation's largest butcher. Yeah. And what happened was then I had to have a second hip surgery and I was like exhausted. It was too hard to stand on the line for, I mean, I did it, but it was really hard to stand on the line for 10 hours a day, you know, including prep time. Yeah. So I had already been putting a few recipes on the blog here and there, like just for my kids to see my recipes. And I started thinking about doing it seriously. And that's when I caught up with you guys. And I was all over the place when I met you, when I (laughs) signed up for the, I saw it on one of my friend's stories. I was like, I wonder if this could be a thing. And at that time, I naively thought that if you wrote a blog post and wrote a recipe, you just wrote a a cute little paragraph ahead of time. (laughs) Ha ha, I'm so clever. (laughs) <laughs> and then everybody would just come running. And you know what? 
they didn't. <laughs> so um, I had ugly pictures, good recipes, a little haha anecdote before, nothing else, and maybe 20 visits. And I think half were mine, the other half were my kids. So I came to you with this blog with recipes that ran the gamut, everything. And you were the ones that told me I needed to niche down. And I was like, crap, what's my niche? And, you know, you really made me think about it. That was like the first big hurdle, making the website, getting the new framework and theme and all of that stuff. That was all new for me, but Mm -hmm. actually honing in and trying to figure out what I was trying to say was like very difficult. And two things made me have it like that aha moment, which not everyone had, you know, some people still struggle with niching down. One was my grandmother's biscuits. I had always wanted to make them. It took me years of a lot of hockey puck to finally be able to make what I thought were good enough that were as good as my grandmother's biscuits. I think they're better now. (laughs) Sorry, grandma. And the other thing was, you know, the pandemic hit and my husband was back in the emergency room and he was working. He he had just transferred like the month before and then COVID hit and he was in the hospital from, he left the house at like 9 30 10 in the morning and I wouldn't get home till one or two in the morning and sometimes at the beginning it was five or six days a week because by some miracle he didn't get sick and everyone was falling around him and so they didn't have enough people so he just kept going in and the only meal that we had together as a family was breakfast so I became the breakfast and brunch blogger I was like it was the only thing I was really cooking anymore right. And let's face it, morning light is beautiful when you're taking pictures. So it is. It is. <laughs> it, that's that's how I came to. That's the long story. To make a short story long, that's how I became a food blogger, and that's how I niched into what is just like my favorite thing. I love it. I love that your story just kind of naturally came to play, and and you didn't force it. You didn't try to force it into a box and be like, I have to figure this out. But you were kind of open to it and said, okay, like, where do I need to shift and grow? And you probably had that uncomfortable feeling, you know, and you're, I'm sure you were wanting it to be like in red letters, like, choose this, choose this niche. But then it just kind of organically happened. And Mm -hmm. now, where are you now? How are you doing? How's it going? So my blog used to be Cook, Sleep, Read which to a lot of people made no sense. As a matter of fact, I met someone at the conference. Her name is Rachel. I think it's Rachel Farnsworth. Yes. Yeah. I remember I posted on the Food Blogger Central Facebook page. I said, hey guys, I have this blog. This is after I changed my theme, done things. And what do you think? And boy, did she tell me what she thought. And I was (laughs) so mad. She said, your name makes no sense. Nobody knows what that means. You need to do this. You need to get such a laundry list. I was so mad. I was like, how rude. And I, when I met her, I said, thank you for saying that because I did all the things that you said. Because setting up the theme with you guys was great. Niching down was fantastic, but there were still so many pieces I was missing. Yep. And that comes with time. It comes with experience. So yes. I set up an audit 
I had my blog audited where I got lots of more bad news instead of what I wasn't <laughs> doing correctly. <laughs> and you have to, you know, you have to check your ego at the door when you're doing this. You have you to be open to people telling you because they don't say, you know, this is great, but you know, like, like their parents, they say, this is awful. <laughs> and you need to stop it. And so, <laughs> and I paid someone a lot of money to do that. And so I took that on. I took what you guys gave me. I took what the auditor gave me. And I took a keywords course, which you guys had gone over, but I never, I didn't really take that part in. I focused everywhere else. So mm-hmm. I went from a year ago having about, mm, I would be really happy if I got 150 to 200 visits a day to last week, I had 11,000 visits a day. And that's not sustainable. But that was because I had a particularly good biscuit recipe that came out. But I'm just about to reach Mediavine. I'm very, I mean, like, I'm so close, I could probably apply now. And my numbers will hit by the time they get in there. But I'm going to wait until I actually see the number because I want to make sure I don't want to do it twice. Yeah. Yeah, it's going, it's going phenomenally well. I mean, I, I don't even know the numbers to go from 200 visits max a day to, I average three, two to 3,000 a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lot. Like yeah. sessions, not just views or, cause that's where we get, we get caught up in numbers, yeah. but it's actual sessions, meaning like how, like a person comes on and they, they look at this post and then maybe they, they switch over to that recipe, how long they're in there that time so sessions itself i'm really i'm up there i think i looked yesterday i was like at thirty nine thousand sessions for the month and i maybe had i think in january when i was i was already doing the work i had about five thousand so just in that time web stories yeah guys if you're not doing yeah. web stories yeah they're a game please changer do web stories they yeah. really are yeah yeah they are my daughters know how to find them. I don't know how to find them. I vaguely know, but they're finding them. Uh-huh. Did a French toast casserole that is that was getting like 8,000 views a day yeah. just on the web story. And then of that 8,000, 6,000 were going to the recipe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are an incredible tool for sure. I don't know where they live. I'm not cool enough to get invited <laughs> to that party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But apparently all the cool kids are looking at them. They are. And it's benefiting you. Yeah. I just have like chills with you telling your story and how close you are to adding that level of monetization to your blog. Because I think so many people start out with that goal. And here you are less than two years later and you're there. And, you know, you've talked about all the things that you've done between the time that you started and today. And I think that's what people forget about. They like, okay, I launched my blog. I am good to go. But you have continued to ask for help, take feedback, look for you know professional feedback in the way of getting an audit, just really putting yourself out there and being open to continuing to learn. And I think that is such an important skill and just personality trait that bloggers have to have. You have to be willing to constantly learn new things, be willing to take feedback and be willing to shift and adjust. And that is what is going to help you grow. Imagine if you had just stuck with your original plan and instead of listening and 
getting the feedback and seeing what was what was making you successful, it would it would be a much different story, I think. You know, when we went to Tastemakers and I I met Rachel Farnsworth in person, I said to her, I said, what had happened on Facebook? And I said, God, you pissed me off. And she started laughing. She thought I was there to, she thought I was like there to just like yell at her for being so mean. I said, you were so mean and you made me so mad. I was so mad at you. And I said, and I credit you for everything that's happened since then. And she just hugged me. She just like, because that's, that's what I want to hear. Because I want to hear that I, I actually did something. Because I know I could pull my punches. I could maybe talk a little nicer. But <laughs> I said, no, I needed that. I needed to get mad and prove you wrong. Yeah. Like yeah. proving you right. But I needed to prove you wrong that, you know, nah. I <laughs> yeah. But I think the important thing to note here, Cynthia, is that you took yourself seriously from the start. So whether or not you knew what your niche was, whether or not you knew what was coming next down the pipeline after you took the boot camp, you took yourself seriously. Like you decided to start a blog and you're like, I want this to be successful. And I think it can be. And so hiring someone to do an audit, for instance, is a lot of money, but it is is something that can very much help your blog. It very much Mm -hmm. can. And the bootcamp isn't the, the goal of the bootcamp isn't, you know, some of the other things that you've done since then, you know, like, like the audit or things like that. Like you are always going to learn. Jennifer and I have a combined 14 years of blogging. And we're still learning. Like I, I think when we get to the place that we're like, oh yeah, I know everything I know about blogging. I think that's when you'll stop growing, right. because if this the industry, this this career changes every single day. We can learn something new every single day, and we can't chase all the lights. You know, we right. so you have to like focus on the main things. But you took yourself seriously from the start. You said, "I want to do this." And you have shifted where you need to shift. You've listened to other people's opinions. Because I think something to note too is like Jennifer and I aren't the only ones in this industry. There's a ton of other people who are a lot more successful than we are. Rachel Farnsworth being one of them, for instance. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know who she is, she's a very popular and successful food blogger at the Stay at Home Chef. So if you don't know who we're talking about, that's who that is. Yeah. Incredibly successful. And what I hope that our listeners are hearing too is that this is how the blogging community is. Is sometimes it is saying, Hey, have you thought about this? Like like Rachel did with you, mm-hmm. like Jennifer and I do in the boot camp, like we still do with our students. We have to be willing to come together as a community and say, Hey, this is where I think that this could improve. Or I've I've thought about this. Have you thought about that? And being open, not not having our defenses up, but being willing to say, you know what? I think I could look into that. If growth is the goal, if success is the goal, then you have to be an avid learner because it's you're you're going to be learning forever. So, and another thing for me is I I am in general a positive person. I think it's something that my husband has always actually made fun of me for. You know, you see people hanging out in front of the gas station all day, and my, my husband says. One day we were walking to school and he's like, you know, they should go to school too. And I said, maybe they work nights. And he just looked at me. (laughs) (laughs) I said, what? And that's, it's still, we've been married 30 years. That's still a joke. It's like, you know, he'll, I'll say something. He'll go, maybe they work nights. And I'm like, (laughs) but I am a positive person. But you know, when you're doing something like this, that's so new and there's so much competition, you know, it can, it can be hard or changing careers like I did. 
it can be difficult. And I just decided, I don't know if it was like one day, but I just started assuming, acting as though the answer was going to be yes. Yeah. For whatever it was. I think it might have been the minute I quit that job. I just assumed because I said, yeah, I have another job lined up and I've lied through my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and I got offered three of the five jobs I interviewed for. And I'm like, are you people crazy? I burned, I burned box cake. What the hell? <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> just started coming from a place where I would assume the answer is yes. Who applies to a James Beard nominated bakery? Who does that? Someone who just is crazy or who just is going to act as go through life acting as those the answers yes and if the answer is no or if you get no answer so what i'm never going to see them again who cares yeah. ask yeah. you know send send that email make that phone call send that dm they might not answer you okay it's not like you're gonna have to see them at lunch tomorrow so i mean i asked if i could go work for a top chef i'd yeah. never okay yes so the answer can be yes. If it's no, then you ask another question. Maybe you didn't ask the right question. Blogging. I just went in there saying, I'm going to be able to do this. It doesn't mean there aren't a lot of other factors that I have to pull in there, but I went in there with just the assumption, I can do this. I'm, you know, almost cocky. I can do this. I hit a lot of roadblocks and realized I had to gain some more knowledge. I had to ask some more questions. I had to take some more classes. But I'm still going in with the assumption the answer is going to be yes. So Mediavine's going to say yes, probably next month. And I started writing, doing recipe development for some online and print magazines because I just submitted, you know, a pitch. And guess what? They said yes. A couple said no. I assume. I never heard back. (laughs) (laughs) But I just started assuming the answer is going to be yes and acting accordingly. And I think that's huge. I think that that's why you're going to be successful. I think that's why you are successful right now is because of your confidence. And you know what you have to offer or you know what you're willing to learn, I think is Mm -hmm. almost the bigger takeaway there. Because there are a lot of different things that we can do with blogging that can take you out of your comfort zone. Like if you've never developed a recipe for somebody else or if you've never done food photography or if you're a ghostwriter for a blog or maybe you're doing some virtual assistant work, you know, Sometimes the people who are doing the hiring, they just want to see somebody who's willing to like go out on a limb and say, I can do it. Right. Like, so watch me. Like, watch me do it. I'm going to do it and be confident instead of coming in like, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm good enough or if I can. You're not going to ever get hired or be successful if you come in with this I can't attitude or I don't know if I can make it work or not. But when you make the shift inside your own head, I think that the world can kind of align in that way because it honors the confidence and it honors where you see yourself going. And I think that as you've continued to go and grow with this, I think that's just continued to shine. And I am really darn excited to like watch you continue to do this because just just hearing you now, it was different than hearing you two years ago, you yeah. know? And that's pretty awesome. I still have that little niggling doubt in the back of my head that, you know, this is hard or, you know, we all have days where we're like, I just don't want to, you know, Mm -hmm. but the fake it to you make it thing is a real thing. Just believe you can do it in the back of your head. You might hear a little voice saying, yeah, but maybe you can't, but you just put yourself out there and just do it. And, you know, sometimes you fall. I have reels going 
crazy. Four and a half million on a biscuit. I think altogether, all my biscuit reels have well over 7 million views. But then I have some that, you know, I put out, and they maybe have 2000 views. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'm going to give up. Right. You know, I'm still going to do it. You know, I, it's almost like I don't have another choice. I just, now I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because now if you didn't do it, you'd wonder what if, like if you were to give up now, there would always be a question, what could it have become? Now, Instagram did a rude thing and I have to prove it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what they do. Which is kind of my personality. Oh, yeah. That's my personality. <laughs> so what happened? What, with Instagram? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just posted another one today. You know, they go up and down. Sometimes I'll get a couple hundred thousand views, a million views, four million views. One day I... I posted one and it, all day it got 400 views and I was just insulted. But then I just going to keep plugging along you do. and there's no, but that's what you guys taught me was not to put all my eggs in the social media basket mm-hmm. because I have no control over that whatsoever. Right. I have some control over the blog. I have control over its content. I have control over my, my push on it, my, you know, what I do, and I can do things that can have real change, like the web stories, or like making sure that I'm SEO optimized, things like that. In with social media, you really just have no control over what happens. And how many people have I seen friends just recently who have lost tens, if not hundreds of thousands of followers, because they just got locked out of their account for no reason, they can get hold of no one and all the work that they've done. Think of all the work we do. It's gone. Gone. Yeah. We just interviewed somebody yesterday on the podcast who it happened to. It's we it's were like, crazy. I'm so thank you for saying that because we we say it all the time and we're I, I don't know. I'm like, I wonder if people actually believe us that people like lose their account, but they do. And it is Absolutely. totally true. I have a friend who had hundred and eighty thousand followers and it's just gone. And she had to start <sighs> from scratch, you know. Mm. And here's the thing is and I think a lot of people out there do this. You look at someone who has all these followers and you think, wow, they've got it made, right? And then you see someone else who's really pushing. You see their social media, you see their Instagram, but they only have like 1,900 or 2,000 or 5,000 followers, which by the way, I didn't have that many for a long time and I looked (laughs) up to them. But you look at them and you're like, well, that's not that many, but then I'll click on their link are they monetizing? Are they doing these things? And yeah, to me, that's the measure of success. Yes. Not how many followers they have. I don't care. Are they making delicious food? Yeah. Are they getting people that are coming to their blog in such numbers that they can now make money off of what they're doing? Yes. That's the measure of success. So yes. social media is great. I enjoy, I do it because I enjoy it. But now when I don't get the big numbers, I just kind of laugh about it. Because at the end of the day, that's not the most important thing. I set up like a workflow for myself because also either we work too hard or because we work for ourselves, there are days where we just procrastinate and we don't do anything, right? Yeah. So I had to set up for myself a weekly goal of what I was going to accomplish. I put social media down. It used to be I try to post a reel every single day and I try to just every day do something. And now I do three web stories a week. I do two reels if I'm in the mood. Sometimes it's one. 
and I do one blog post or one updated post per week. For me, that's a manageable schedule. And then I try and put in some time for continuing education, for back-end stuff, and for days when I just don't want to. I schedule that in. It's okay. The only thing that I do that I do almost every single day is, and because it's people really enjoy it, is I make breakfast every morning because my husband's going to work. And so every day I cook breakfast on the blog, uh, I mean, on Instagram, on my stories, pretty much every single day. And I have people from all over the world that message me and say, like, there's one lady in Poland, she's a pediatrician. She gets home from work at night and her and her husband sit together and watch me make breakfast (laughs) from the morning. And then a lot of times he's the big cook. So then he'll make for breakfast what I made the day before. Oh, that's cool. What a compliment. Yeah. I have one gentleman from Dubai who has never seen a biscuit in his life, but is becoming the best biscuit maker in Dubai right now. I'm telling you. So I have someone else who was on the great, the Italian bake-off. She watches me every day, watches, but they just watch my, they say they like to hear my voice. They see my hands, you know, rolling out the biscuit dough or making the hash or whatever. So I have people, that's the only thing that I, I hope that my social media stays okay because I have so many people who their day is part of their daily routine is just to make breakfast with me. Yeah. Yeah. I so, love that. I love that you've made that connection with such a simple thing. It's just breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but I started doing that for my daughters because one of my daughters lives 3000 miles away. And so when she gets up at her six in the morning, you know, I've already made breakfast. And so she gets to watch her. She watches her mom make breakfast before she even gets out of bed. And then she goes to work. (laughs) That's fantastic. I just love how you've embraced, you know, what people enjoy about what you're doing. And you've made it about the enjoyment for yourself too. Yes, it's about building a business. Yes, it's about monetizing. But At the end of the day, you're doing something that you're passionate about and that is allowing you to connect with people. And I would assume that is also giving you that momentum to propel yourself forward, to get out of bed every day and to to keep doing this because you can see the impact that you're making on people's lives. And it does not have to be earth shattering. People love to learn how to make you know, a homemade breakfast for their family. It is such a great connection that they can have with their family. So what an incredible thing you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, I really, I didn't used to eat breakfast every day. It was, you know, I don't know, Pop-Tarts. <laughs> <laughs> but um, leveled now up. I, now I make my own Pop-Tarts. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who doesn't love breakfast? Yeah, I know. I love breakfast. It is my favorite meal of the day. I really, yeah, I really enjoy having breakfast. And my husband, he really enjoys like, and he can, you know, find out what there is, you know, because it's something different every day. And that's joy for me. Although I do get some of those people online who are like, why are you serving at their husband? Why do you feel like you have to serve him breakfast every day? I'm like, girl, that's my job. And also, I enjoy it. What's the problem? But. Yeah, that's another story. (laughs) Yeah, that could be another podcast episode. That's a whole conversation. (laughs) I think that the beautiful thing about about food is that I 
think that you think of it like a gift. Like this is a gift. This is a way that I get to give a gift to myself and mm-hmm. my husband each morning. And that gift now is is just so many more people. It's to the people who come to your blog who are then able to bless their families with that as well. And so what I hope that you know and understand is that the impacts of just a simple biscuit or yeah. the other things that you create go far more than just a recipe. It's right. far more than that. Food can come with that. And no matter what you know, somebody wants to blog about, know that your impact is far greater than you could ever imagine. Because I'm sure when you left the bookstore and moved to the bakeries, and I doubt at that point you ever like considered yourself the person who is going to be like teaching people how to do this stuff. No. You know, if you were burning boxed cake bags. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this just goes to show you are never, it's never too late. No. You are never too old. You can always start and try again. If it's something that maybe you've never even considered, why not? Like, why not you? And Cynthia, you've done that. You've, you've asked that question, like, why not me? Like, why can't I do this? And right. you're doing it. And I think it's amazing. I think a lot of people who have had, you know, like you've mentioned a couple of hip surgeries and things like that could easily just be like, I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to do anything. But I see the joy that it brings to your life. And that's contagious. And that just spreads joy to so many people. Yeah, thank you. I want everyone to make breakfast with me. So (laughs) 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 who can get mad at pancakes? I know when they have a crispy waffle in front of them. I mean, come on. That's a joyful thing. Pancakes are my son Brett's very favorite food. Like anything at school, like what's my favorite food? It's always pancakes. Like, what do you want? I want pancakes. The kid loves pancakes. Like, he One loves of my first questions to people when we talk at the blog is, are you team pancakes or team waffles? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that they're so similar. Their batters are very similar. Yeah. But they're so completely different. And I got to say, I'm team waffle. I'm team texture. And my husband, yes. I was shocked. I can't even believe we're still married after this revelation. He's team pancakes. who are you (laughs) that is so funny so cynthia what would you tell like either a new blogger or somebody who's just starting out what is some advice that you would give them you know believe in yourself first of all to take a chance on yourself because like you said you're never too old i know people who i hear people who are in their 30s 40s who are just like oh it's too late And it's not. I mean, I started this, I'm 60 years old this year and I'm just hitting my stride. So, I mean, and it, it doesn't have to be overnight. I have a favorite quote actually that I'm going to share with you. And for me, it was because of my physical difficulties, you know, because of all the surgeries and everything. And it is, I will not use moving slowly as a way of avoiding moving toward what I actually want. I can move slowly and still take action. So that's my, that's, something that I keep in my mind. I love that. So it's not going to, you're not going to be an overnight sensation and you don't learn the lessons you need to learn to do the things you want to do well by being an overnight sensation. Yeah. Take your time, be patient and it will come. Yeah. That's it. I'm like teary. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of ridiculous, but I think that is such beautiful advice. 
Yes. Because I think that we live in an instant gratification society that tells us that we can be an overnight success. And I think that when we have that idea that that's the way it has to look, then people give up before it's ever their time. And so you just gave, I think, just beautiful encouragement there to it's it's okay if you're going slowly, you're still going and believing in yourself. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today and for, for sharing like where your journey has taken you. And please let us know when you get to apply on Mediavine so we can celebrate with you. I'm really I will, excited. Definitely. Thank you. Very I'm going to predict that this episode comes out, I believe, in May. And I'm going to predict that by the start, by the air date of this episode, that you will have applied. So we're going to, we're just going to put that out there, Cynthia. We're going to believe in that. We are. <laughs> we are, are going to believe in that. So yeah. that means I got to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> I better get another web story. I have a new biscuit out. I got to get a web story going. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, Cynthia, can you please let our listeners know where they can connect and find you and make your biscuit recipes? My blog is butfirstweedbrunch.com. And you can find me on Instagram and make breakfast with me at, at butfirst underscore weebrunch. Awesome. Thanks so much, Cynthia. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about blogging with us, please find us on Instagram at Spark Media Concepts. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter where we share blogging tips and inspiration. You can sign up by finding the link in the show notes. For those of you who are ready for the next step and want to start your own blog, Join the waitlist for the Ultimate Blog Bootcamp. The link to join the waitlist is also in the show notes. Go out and make today a great day.